DVR podcast presents the Thack Daddy experience. To quote from a song by Nerd called Lemon, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. <clears throat> now, I know I um, recently did a podcast already, but I'm going to kind of be celebrating some things this week, so I don't really think I'll get to it i won't call it an off week i'll just call it an early podcast so i did see the film ready player one now here's the thing now i just want to clear this out of the way i read a review on the film which i normally never do and went into all this detail about the litany of things that were not good about the film and how the film failed to achieve this and failed to achieve that and failed to achieve this and this was sophomoric and this wasn't Spielberg's best work and so forth and so on and I realized something and I've said it before on the podcast 7 billion people 7 billion different perspectives so and I looked through a lot of the comments and most of them agreed with the writer of the review and then I just saw one little comment that said Oh, this is great. Thanks for the review. Now, I'm definitely going to see the film. Because a review like this would be something that doesn't concur with how I see things. So it's great that you have people who definitely won't like a film. And you just know based on them not liking it that you're more than likely going to like it. So, having said all that shit, let's just get that out of the way. And get into... What I have to say about Ready Player One. Love the novel. I enjoyed it greatly. And this is a while back. So whenever whenever it came out, I, I believe I read it. It's initial week release. Whenever it came out. I read and do a lot of other things. So I don't remember stuff like that. I could have Googled it, but not in the mood. Anyway, skipping all that shit. In the review, they were mentioning how you know it's, it's somewhat of a rudimentary, weak story that doesn't demonstrate connections between people. I completely fucking disagree. Something as simple as the way someone looks at you or the way someone gives you a light shove on the shoulder is communication, okay? And they established a pretty good connection between the main protagonist... Parcival, a.k.a. Wade Watts, and Samantha, also known as Artemis. Say, oh, how could these two people fall in love so quickly? Or, you know, I mean, they established that he was a fan of hers before actually meeting her. They established their little connections here and there, the little subtle nuances. Even in a virtual world, the people are performing a lot of the movements so reading the body language of someone virtually when they're doing the movements in the real world is tantamount to getting a sense of them in the real world also the overarching story is rudimentary in that all stories rudimentary almost every story is basically an exploration of two things love and the ego and the thing about the ego is 
it doesn't really leave a lot of room for love. You could say it leaves room for self-love, but really it doesn't even do that because you would have to acknowledge inherently what the self is and ultimately, again, I've posed this question before, what is the self when it does not exist in relation to anything else? If it doesn't exist in relation to anything else, then what is it? You can't really definitively state what it is. So, again, basics of anything regarding human beings is our emotional states, our perceptions of ourselves, our perceptions of ourselves as they relate to the world. And you have these two young individuals. Wade is pretty much an orphan. He lives with his aunt in the stacks. The stacks suck. It's pretty much a ghetto of some type. It's a poor area, poverty-stricken, however you want to describe it. He's poor. And Artemis is poor as well, and she's part of a rebellion against the IO-1, which just wants to win this Oasis contest from James Holiday so that they could become number one. They're number two. And they want to be number one. So again you see this kind of voracious capitalist slant to things. Where corporations that have assets and resources that are so vast just want to bloat. Want to be more. And when you talk about levels of growth that don't ever stop. That is known in some circles as cancer. What I mean by this is take, for example, your own physical form. Let's say that your own physical form never stopped actually growing. That it just kept growing and growing. The more you ate, the more you devoured, the more you consumed, and the more you took, the more it grew. Now, if you wanted to get bigger, you would have to take away from everyone else, subtract from everyone else to expand your resources. So that level of gluttony borders on the cancerous, and pretty much cancer is the excessive growth of cells that don't fit within the construct of your form's design. They go outside of the limitations that are necessary for your form to be functional and continue to grow in disregard. I mentioned this also in my review of the anime film on Netflix, Blame, where the builders and the safeguards didn't have humans with net terminal genes present so they just continued to build and they created level upon level upon level upon level upon level so you could barely there was no even acknowledging that there was like grass it's just an endless building of concrete levels so in a similar way the corporation that wants to win the Easter egg and take control of the Oasis pretty much had a voracious appetite and again the stop at nothing attitude the slaying of individuals to harm and hurt other people to gain an upper hand that kind of despotism and despotic mentality of I'll achieve at all costs and when the cost is human life the achievement must still be reached. That mentality is present in the film. All the stuff I said, it's in a movie. I didn't make it up. It's not my deductive reasoning. It's not my 
brilliant logic or my hyper-intellectual stances on each and every existing thing in the universe. Nope. People who exist and have access to things that are well beyond the means of millions of others who do not have that access wanting more and stopping at nothing to get more at the expense of other living beings and basically the whole perceptual grid of reality itself. So you got that element going. And that's a classic element. It's nothing new. Watch RoboCop. You'll see what I'm talking about. And I'm talking about the first one because the second one, I didn't bother to watch it because first it was PG-13. You can't have a PG-13 RoboCop. Secondly, you didn't have the nasty, disgusting villains like you did in the first one. And they were far more villainous, to put it mildly. So anyway... So this is these are the obstacles and the thing is you have these young people they're alienated they don't feel as connected they're poor the oasis is really their only getaway and you know games are a way to escape reality to experience a different reality than the one that's in front of you the one that is real the one that torments your mind makes you worry and makes you fret and has you breathing erratically and generating nervousness and misery within your own psyche and then taking it out on the external world around you because you can't perceive any way that it can actually change and i might sound like i'm going on a tangent but really a lot of the issues that occur everywhere are issues that people have to experience issues that people have to go through um because ultimately your relationship with yourself mirrors and dictates your relationship to the world in varying degrees. So, from my relationship with the world, I see that corporation and I see these young people attempting to get the Easter egg. Now, initially, Parcival's reasoning was he just wanted to not be poor. He wanted to have ownership of something. And then, through his interactions with Artemis, he came to understand that. There's more to it than that. And sometimes it takes another person who, yes, you have an interest in, yes, you care about, yes, you think is beautiful, and, and that person can open you up to a different type of reality. Now, it doesn't always work that way. That person doesn't have to be exceedingly beautiful. Like, for example, one of the issues a reviewer had was that they felt that Wade's acceptance of Samantha in the real world was paltry because she tended to cover up the right side of her face because she had a birthmark on her face and she was self-conscious about it and instead of having just some modicum or I don't even know what to say did it if a person has an issue with something like that, regardless of their gender, some people might have an issue with it. And some people might feel that others don't think they're beautiful or or that they should be loved because of it. And she's a young lady. Maybe she felt self-conscious about it because women are objectified and women are perceived through a different perceptual lens. They're physical attributes and how they look are weighed far more heavily than that of a man 
and that's just a fact. It's nothing wrong with stating it because I know everyone is judged on appearance, but women are judged far more harshly than men. So for him to say he accepts her, he's not disappointed, he's happy to be in her presence, to look at her, to be around her. There's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. I don't think it's belittling to her as a woman. I think it's demonstrating a form of accepting someone else as they are, regardless of whether they perceive as they are to be flawed or not. You're going beyond that perception and saying, I like it anyway, because it's a part of you, and I like you, and I love you, and it's a part of you. So it don't bother me none. I thought that was pretty cool, and I didn't agree with that reviewer's assessment and again it was an element it's in the story there's a moment there's a connection there's a scenario i'm not fabricating it it's present within the story and also the fact that you have people within an international spectrum like you different genders different races and they're competing against this vast corporation for a place that is their escape and ultimately to find that the mastermind of this place of escape was an individual who at his core of being recognized that friendship had more value than anything he ever created and that love and not being afraid to interact with the real world because it's such a painful disheartening place that sometimes you do want to quit and you do want to give up but you continue to move on you just keep going no matter what level of bullshit you encounter in work and through media and through interacting with friends and you, you have friendships that fail and marriages that fail and relationships with children that fail and relationships with schools that fail and society at larger there is a lot of pain in what we call the real world and yet the real world is where we also experience joy and love and camaraderie and sacrifice and the willingness to care about each other and give of yourself more than you thought you'd ever be willing to because you realize that everyone matters. Everything matters. Even if ultimately you might believe it does not, it does. It has an impact. I'm not going to get all butterfly effect quantum physics on you right now, but just saying. I'm just saying, those elements are there, and, you know, the film had funny elements to it, but it didn't feel the length, I think it's two hours and 20 plus minutes or something, varying degrees, whatever, it didn't feel that way, it felt like a society of people being oppressed, forced into greater states of being poor, struggling and trying to get by, and just immersed in a world where they could actually do or be what they wanted to do or be. And that world was up for grabs, and 
some people didn't want those who were the haves to take that world from the have-nots. And it's, you know, it's just interesting that the fulcrum or the circular nature of the story was to demonstrate that the creator of the oasis and the individual who had the vision for it really before his death recognized that people inherently to varying degrees but inherently need people they need connectivity they need to go beyond their fears of connecting to others and feeling their emotions and move beyond feeling alienated because not everyone could understand them and just go into full acceptance of who they are regardless of who accepted them and I think those elements were prevalent in the film again I love the virtual world in that film it was engaging it was far superior to the current VR that's out there I mean if they wanted it perfect you know I mean it was a virtual world so it had a lot of powerful imagery but it wasn't over the top because there's a delineation in how it's represented doesn't at least in my perception mean that the CG was bad at all I thought it was remarkable. I mean, they captured so many different things just in terms of environments, just in terms of breaking debris, just in terms of the interaction and motion of objects in space-time. Those were all, like, remarkable things. And, yes, they've been done, and maybe they've been done better somewhere else, but just the level of detail and the amount of objects in single scenes was... It was absurd. It's, it was so many things like you could just hit pause if you you know it was the dvd or i don't know if i was super wealthy and i owned a theater and i could hit pause <laughs> you could literally just wow look at all of this in a single shot i'm not even talking multiple shots i mean in a single shot just the array and level of detail was uncanny and to have that integrated into this kind of superfluous story because you you had an idea this is the character this is his situation he's going after this these are the roadblocks and obstacles this is how he overcomes them and you know he overcomes them through trust and he overcomes them through engaging fear and he overcomes them with love and help and support and not just from his allies but also from the individuals who share that world of the oasis with him i mean i thought it was a great movie like i really enjoyed it very entertaining and i do feel that artemis and parsifal shared a connection i felt like they shared a connection with their group and i felt like it was a really cool movie so i don't have anything too bad to say about it i mean i was trying for a second mentally to be nitpicky regarding the drones but i thought it was interesting that they implemented the use of the drones in the movie and, and you see how the whole surveillance hyper voracious capitalism was working and was in play but love artemis love h love show love dido Love Parzival. 
movie was awesome. So if I sound like a blowhard or a romantic or someone whose opinion you clearly don't value, don't waste your time seeing the movie. Um, I unfortunately don't feel that I'm in a state or a position to be a film snob. I just talk about it because I enjoy it. I went to see it. Fucking enjoyed it. Thought it was very well done. I thought it was pretty intelligent. I felt like the characters, you could connect to them. And maybe it's because I do like 80s movies. Who knows? But the tempo, the rhythm of the movie was what I thought was vital. And I liked the tempo and rhythm of the movie. So... It's definitely worth a watch. It was very cool. It's very interesting. Um, Imagery-wise, story-wise, environments. I, I I just felt that it was engaging. And the time went by. Before I knew it, I looked up. Boom. The movie was done. So, And I'm probably going to go see it again. During this celebratory week. For me. So, anyway... Truly hoping I didn't put you into a sleep coma, but saying when you when you watch cinema, the storytelling always keys in on what I guess people call tropes. But the tropes are there's issues with us loving ourselves, there's issues with us loving each other, there's issues with us loving the environment, and everything that stems from those issues, particularly fear and anger, are the quintessentials to any story. That we are always trying to define ourselves as greater or superior to others. or We're already always trying to define ourselves relative to another's greatness. And ultimately, who we are right now, breathing, sitting in a room, taking a shit, going for a walk. That's actually enough. We don't need to be better than someone else. We just need to be ourselves. And try our best to live in this real world so to speak and just try to connect in any humane way possible first and foremost to ourselves and and secondly to anyone else even if it's just a kind word or buying someone's lunch who's behind you in line or Something just silly. Uh, I know I'm getting a little pay it forward. I really don't give a fuck. I'm just saying. Stories have a way of conveying and expressing things within our culture and within our, our unconscious. And kind of integrating them. And it just it, It's a mirror. Everything acts as a mirror. So if you want to be open to life and to other human beings into just anything it's always good to realize that what we see reflected is in part an aspect of ourselves that we either want to negate or accept and you can accept and negate whatever aspect of yourself you want because ultimately it's kind of yours to varying degrees I don't want to go into all details of how it may or may not be because we're all one being and blah 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 I know some people think that's bullshit, and that's perfectly fine. Although, quantumly, we're definitely one sort of thing. But, again, that's just a point of view. But overall, very cool story. Very cool film. 
I still like the book better because I just like books better. But I don't feel that the movie even needs to be compared to the book. Cool fucking movie. And that's it. So, I hope whoever listens to this will not miss me so much because I'm doing this preemptively or a little early. Because I'm going to be chilling like a villain. Oh, yeah. Anyway, this is Thack Daddy. I enjoyed Ready, Ready Player One. That's all I got to say. I'm sure I'll watch and interact with some other shit later. Don't know what it's going to be. I'll figure that out later. Anyway, for now, peace out, and I'll catch up with you cats in April. Like a second week or something like that. I don't know. Later.